Hello and welcome. It's Gedali Gutentag in the second week of Mishpacha's Home Front, a series covering Israel's biggest conflict in a generation. We're two weeks into the war and the Israelis are getting edgy because as far as they can see, nothing is happening. An army is drawn up outside Gaza. The air force is massively bombarding Hamas. What they read in the papers is that there's deep disagreement between the politicians and generals whether or how to go into the Gaza Strip. So for some insights into the IDF's thinking in terms of the ground invasion, the threat of the tunnels they'll face there, the terrible dilemma of Hamas's hostages, with my co-host Binyamin absent, I'm joined today by a special guest, a friend of Binyamin's, Brigadier General Amir Avivi, founder of Habitronistim, reservist for Israel's security, and often the source for us here at Mishpacha. Hello, Amir. Hi. Thank you for joining us and for giving your time at this busy time over here. Just to start with something actually quick, I see a notice on your resume that you were the deputy commander of a one time of the Gaza division. Right. I served twice, uh, meaningful times in Gaza. I was the chief combat engineer officer of the division when it was still inside Gaza, and later on the deputy division commander of the Gaza Strip. It's fair to say you have mileage in Gaza and knowledge of perhaps thoughts about what the soldiers there are going to be facing. So I want to ask you a few questions related to this. One of, I think, uppermost in listeners' minds and people are joining us, and in fact, Israelis of all types, more than two weeks into the war with Hamas, the Israeli public had expected by now that the IDF would be deep into Gaza or inside the operation. Here we are still on the outside. And we hear reports of delays, perhaps because of American pressure or the prisoners, uh, the, you know, the captives in their hands. What's actually going on here? Look, at the end of the day, the government put very clear goals to the war. We need to destroy Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad, completely dismantle their terror capabilities in the Gaza Strip and make sure that never again there will be a terror organization or army inside the Gaza Strip. Militarily speaking, to do that, you need to conquer the Gaza Strip, all of it. You need to spend months and months dismantling all the terror infrastructure inside, the leaders, the terrorists, the tunnels, the rockets headquarters, storages, industries, you name it. To do that, such a large-scale operation that will take months and months, you want to do the right preparations. Uh, Remember that we are a reserve army that was drafted, hundreds of thousands of soldiers, which you need to train, equip. They need to learn their missions really well. And also, you want to bring them in after the Air Force really destroyed everything that can be destroyed before you send the ground troops to war. So in the six-day war, we waited three weeks. Uh, I don't know how much we wait now, but at the right moment, we'll send our soldiers and we're going to go in very aggressively. We're not going to take uh, risks with our soldiers. There will be massive air force assistance and artillery and tanks and APCs and everything needed to cope with the challenges that are awaiting us inside the Gaza Strip. So we'll get to air support in a minute. That's one of the things I wanted to ask you about. But there's a name that's been going around, former General Yitzhak Brick, who wrote a report, well-known report that I think was pretty much ignored at the time, saying that IDF is a threat from we can't continue keeping going on as we are with Gaza. There's a major threat coming from there. And today he's seen as being some sort of person who spoke a prophet in some sense or a prophet in the wilderness. But today he was quoted by Bibi Netanyahu as saying, that's one of the reasons we can't go on. He says the army isn't ready. The chief of staff says the army is ready. Who to believe over here? 
Look, you know, I have uh, agreements with the brick and disagreements. Agreements talking about what is the main talk that he did for many years is how much the army invested in the ground forces. And indeed, we've seen a decline and more investment in the Air Force and the intelligence. And this is part of the reason why it takes time to mobilize the ground forces. And also, I agree with Brick with the overall challenge that he has been talking a lot about that. But yeah, so my disagreement with the Brick has to do with showing just what is not ready, not talking about really the buildup of force that the army did for many, many years. The army has accumulated amazing capabilities in the ground forces, in the Navy, in the Air Force, and their ability to coordinate attacks together in uh, pinpointing intelligence. There are many, many capabilities and also a huge change from 2014 with our ability to fight the tunnels. So Amir, can you just take us into that a minute? Because as you say, the tunnels are a key threat. Then there's possibly hundreds of tunnels there in Gaza in which they've got... Take us how, as someone who's served in Gaza, how you go about destroying or... I'm not going to... Tell our enemies how we are going to destroy them. I am going to say that in 2014, in the operation in Gaza, we went in to destroy the tunnels, the offensive tunnels, not the defensive ones. And at that time, we were not prepared enough. We found many challenges. We had the technological gaps. We had the equipment that was missing, techniques that were not ready enough. As the war went on, We improved a lot of that. And then at the end of 2014, there was an understanding that we really, really need to invest in our uh, underground warfare. We're talking about nine years ago. In the last nine years, the IDF has done huge steps to build techniques, capabilities, deal with the underground challenge. And when we're going in, we have also solutions for that. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. You know, people like expect the war to be nice. We'll go in and they won't do anything. No, the war doesn't work like that. They'll do the best they can to defend and we'll do the best we can to attack. This is how it works. But I think we are overwhelmingly stronger than them. And when the ground forces will go in, I think everybody will see uh, really the capabilities of the IDF. We must not be deterred of challenging and fighting our enemies who are much better than them, much stronger, much brighter, much more resolute. And you, you saw even in the devastating day we had two weeks ago, almost in every engagement between us and them, we won. I can tell you, for example, one police car with two policemen that arrived in a junction uh, south of Ashkelon killed 16 Hamas terrorists. So. We have to be assured that we can do it. And we, and we have no choice. I mean, this is our life. We, no we need to destroy them. That's it. Can I ask, though, let's just focus on the following scenario. You have over here, I don't know if they're still there, but it was long reputed to be that underneath, for example, Shiva Hospital in Gaza was major Hamas bunkers, right? And control points. Is the IDF still intending, and I use this just as an example to, to really understand, where the thinking lies. Is the IDF intending to go all the way and to absolutely get there to hold that organization by the jugular, capture the leaders and bring them down in that way? Or are we going to see some kind of operation around? The answer is really simple. You cannot achieve the goals of war without completely conquering the Gaza Strip and completely cleaning it out. You have to go into the hospital, 
you have to conquer this hospital, you have to go in, you have to find the entrances, you have to go in and destroy them. There is no other way to do it. This is how you win wars. You don't win wars from the air and not from the sea. You win wars by a ground maneuver, decisive uh, ground maneuver that uh, destroys uh, the enemies. So we'll do everything we can do with the Air Force. We'll utilize the Navy the best we can. But it's going to be our tanks and infantry and combat engineers uh, at the end of the day that are going to win the day. And uh, I'm waiting to see two very important things when we go in. One, bring our kids and elderly and daughters and sons back. We need to arrive where the hostages are and free them. And the other thing is really kill all Hamas leadership and operatives, all of them. And I want to see a picture like in Iraq when the U.S. found Saddam Hussein and took him out of his hole, hungry. With a long beard. <laughs> exactly. This is exactly what we need to see. We need a victory picture. The, the picture uh, is the General. outcome yeah. of decisive victory, not the other way around. Right. Can I ask okay. a final question, Amir, which is you've related, you said we need to bring out those hostages. Is that in any scenario achievable to pound Hamas, to come and surround them as Ariel Sharon did in the Mukata in Ramallah, and to get to their quarters and at the same time assume that they're somehow not going to try and use those hostages in any way they can, unfortunately, in terrible ways? How are those two goals achievable together? I cannot assure anything, but this is a war. In a war, you first win decisively, unconditional surrender. And while doing that, you want to arrive where the hostages are and try to save them. Maybe we will, maybe we will not, but this is the only way to go. The issue of the hostages cannot affect our mission to destroy Hamas. And I'm saying it's not this or that. The best chance the hostages have is the ground maneuver, is reaching the places where they are. And only then, when you are surrounding a place, do the negotiation while they are surrounded and knowing that that's the end and not thinking that you can do these negotiations otherwise. Look, when you look at the timetable, timetable of maneuver, days. Timetable of negotiating with hostages is years. That's not relevant. It's not relevant because you are going in, and then this is what will dictate what we can do. Amir Avivi, Reservist Brigadier General and founder of Habit Tronistim, thank you very much for your time with us today. Thank you very much. What I take away from that interview is that despite the uncertainty, there is no change in the thinking of the military about the need to go in and clean up Hamas. They want to go all the way, but we're in the middle of a reset, a shift, a total shift in thinking inside the IDF and the security establishment towards gearing the IDF up for ground war in a way that it hasn't practiced in a long time. And that shift takes time, and that's what we're seeing. And despite the hostage situation being on the front burner, there is recognition, at least in the IDF, that Israel cannot stop now what it needs to do. It can't press pause because of the captives. It sounds like a cold and heartless calculation, but we've been thrust into an unprecedented, horrible set of choices. Only Hashem can show the way forward. As Amir Avivi says, albeit in a military context, which applies to how we view this entire unprecedented time, let's focus on the good. I'll see you once again tomorrow.